chapter nine of a vanished hand this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox recording by kathleen a vanished hand by sarah dowdney chapter nine meetings such a deal of wonder is broken out within this hour that ballad makers cannot be able to express it a winter's tale poor mrs penn had a conscience it had been lulled to sleep while she lived an unwholesome life with maria and her husband and allowed herself to be dominated by them but the loss of jamie and the visit to wardour street had awakened her better nature and the feelings of a happier time she recalled harold waring's faithful words and meta neal's gentle counsels and remembered all the comfort and help which she had found in mrs beaton's friendship so powerfully did good emotions work within her that she suddenly resolved to fly from maria's companionship the dinettes were mortally offended but what did that matter she wanted to go back to her old haunts and be helped by the presence of those who could lift her out of her merry ways and mrs beaton and her son took compassion upon the repentant woman and let her come to live with them sometimes they made little excursions into the suburbs which did them all good mrs penn became a really useful member of the household and waited on mrs beaton with careful attention andrew who had been troubled about his mother's increasing feebleness was no longer afraid to see her go out of doors mrs pin was by her side a trustworthy companion nowadays with a stout arm which could be safely lent upon july was gloriously bright and one day the two women mrs beaton and mrs pin had prepared themselves for a trip to richmond when miss kilner suddenly presented herself one longs to escape from london to-day she said so you are going to richmond i have a school friend who lives down by the river and i told miss saxon that i should go to see her will you come with us mrs beaton asked brightening yes elsie answered and the three went off together down by the river there are old houses set deep in leafy gardens creepers hang drowsily in the delicious air long aisles open upon terraces bright with flowers it was in an earthly paradise of this kind that elsie loitered away a golden afternoon and then when the clocks were striking six she went off to rejoin her companions she found them at the appointed meeting-place and they all walked up from the riverside through a lane opening into the highway of the town mrs beaton a little weary moved slowly leaning on mrs penn elsie a few steps in the rear gave herself up to one of those reveries which so often come to us at the close of a summer day the lights were golden on the river some people were singing in a boat and the voices floated sweetly over the water it was pleasant melody but there was a faint tone of sadness in the strain an open carriage and pair waited under the overhanging trees in the lane leaning back lazily on the cushions was a lady fair and still young with a beautiful boy by her side the child was in high spirits his laugh rang out clear and fresh as elsie drew near 
he stood up in the carriage in his pretty sailor's suit and the low sunlight shone into his blooming face and blue eyes at the sight of him mrs penn stopped short and uttered a little cry it's jamie she exclaimed it's really jamie the boy knew her voice the laugh died out on his lips in an instant he looked at her with a gaze half frightened half defiant and drew closer to the lady's side what is the matter dear they heard her ask before he could reply before any one could speak again a terrible thing happened the horses began to plunge violently and then as the drowsy coachman woke with a start they set off at a mad pace in spite of all his efforts to control them down the lane they went at a wild gallop their thundering hoofs raising a cloud of dust and the three horror-stricken women caught a swift glimpse of the lady and the child clinging to each other in a despairing embrace scarcely knowing what she was doing elsie began to run after the flying carriage at the top of her speed mrs penn followed her at a slower pace and poor mrs beaton came panting behind miss kilner was slight of figure and light of foot and eagerness seemed to lend her wings she was still getting over the ground at a rapid rate when she saw the dust cloud vanish and perceived that the carriage had come to a standstill was the danger then over her heart gave a throb of passionate thankfulness as she pressed on longing to assure herself that jamie was safe and to hold him for one brief moment even in her arms one or two watermen had come up and gathered round the panting horses the coachman white and shaky was talking and gesticulating his mistress looking very fair in her faintness had been helped out of the carriage by a tall man with a brown face elsie as she came up breathless to this group took in two facts at once jamie was safe and unhurt and the brown-faced man was mr leonard's friend ronald he looked every inch a knight as he stood there in his suit of fresh white flannels his bronzed face with a summer glow in it and the dark hair cropped close to his head the lady in a silvery voice that faltered once or twice was pouring out her thanks elsie comprehended it all in a moment it was ronald who had stopped the horses and saved perhaps two lives i cannot trust them again the lady said glancing at the handsome chestnuts with a shudder we had better go home in the train the boy was holding her hand and pressing close to the folds of her dainty gown elsie came up to them very pale with a light in her eyes her glance rested on the little lad and she stretched out her hand to him with an impulsive gesture oh she said it is jamie Waring and i have been trying to find him for weeks and weeks i have no right to claim him i know but i have wanted him for such a long long time to see him safe and well after such a weary search she broke off abruptly the brown man was standing in front of her with his eyes fixed on her face he was gazing at her so earnestly sincerely and wistfully that for an instant she almost lost herself jamie's gaze was less sympathetic he looked puzzled and kept very close to his protectress i found jamie with some organ-grinders said the lady recovering her composure 
and speaking in rather a cold voice the organ-woman was beating him and i stopped my carriage to interfere they were in a quiet road near lee and of course there was no policeman to be seen i asked the child if he belonged to these people and he cried no no and clung to me i saw that he was not dirty and neglected his clothes were rather poor but there was nothing of the tramp about him to make a long story short i fell in love with you didn't i jamie and so i took you home with me and waited for you to be claimed but no one ever claimed you her fair face softened as she looked down at the child and her voice grew tender when she spoke to him he stood still clasping her hand and resting his head against her dress he has no relations elsie said no one has any right to take him from you mrs pin flushed and half sobbing came up at this moment and she too extended her arms to the boy but at the sight of her he drew himself up to his full height and waved his hand with the majesty of a little king go away he said go away home oh jamie she cried aren't you glad to see me again no he answered with another wave of the dimpled hand i don't love you a bit you let maria beat me i hate maria i won't come with you for a moment no one spoke the brown man was evidently much amused by the little scene and looked at the boy with undisguised approval was this child left in your charge the lady asked addressing mrs pin with cold severity there was no one to take him madam the crestfallen woman replied he was living with miss neal who was a lodger of mine and she died quite suddenly in my house his father his father had deserted him it was mrs beaton who spoke she had reached the little group and having but a poor opinion of her friend's eloquence she took up the tale herself but jamie warren is well connected madam his uncle was our clergyman the reverend harold warren curate of st lucy's in berwick street and harold warren why he was a dear old friend of mine mrs beaton was interrupted in her turn and it was the man in flannels who cut her story short if i had only known that warring had left a nephew alone in the world i should have claimed him he went on with a ring of determination in his voice my name is wayne arnold wayne you may have heard mr warring speak of me yes sir we have mrs beaton replied here is miss kilner who found your name in poor miss neal's manuscript miss neal sir was engaged to be married to mr waring he wrote to tell me of his engagement said arnold wayne looking at elsie what a complicated business is this it seems that we each have an interest in this young gentleman he added with a smile at the fair lady mr wayne exclaimed jamie's protectress in her silvery voice we were to have met at rushbrook last october and you didn't come i was staying with your cousins the danforths i am mrs verdon i am delighted to meet you at last he said cordially mary and lily were always talking about you isn't all this extraordinary there never was anything like it in a three-volume novel then they both laughed with a comfortable air of old acquaintanceship and elsie suddenly had a sense of being left out in the cold End of chapter nine